Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, again, I'm glad to be with you on our Victory Church weekly podcast. Pastor Mitch here. Uh, hope things are well in your world. Uh, I was just reminded um, of, a, of a, a song that was very popular in the 1970s. You know, we sang scripture songs in the 1970s, and I, saw, I somewhat missed that. Um, there was actually a little book somebody put together called Psalter, and it was just songs that came from the Psalms and some of the other passages of Scripture in the Bible. and we But we sang a lot of songs that were um, that just came from the Word. And, and Kenneth Hagin said this, uh, as I lived in Tulsa for eight years and would frequent his meetings, he said, he said, the more closely your music agrees with the Word of God and the words that you're singing agrees with the Word of God, the greater the manifestations of the Holy Spirit you will have in your meetings and then in your life in general. So I've always thought about that. So today I was singing the thought song, This is the Day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And that, of course, comes from the Psalms, and it's speaking of the age of grace that we're living in today, the age that the Messiah has manifested himself and has brought salvation to the world. So um, what an awesome time and a crazy time we're living in. Let me jump right into my subject. We just finished a large, huge, long uh, series of podcasts on healing. I do encourage you to go back and, and listen to those on occasion because you're going to keep your faith boosted and build up in the area of divine healing. But um, the next while, I don't know how long I'll do this. I just think I'm just going to be eclectic. That is, I'm just going to take from here and from there and just talk about varying subjects from day to day. Today, I want to talk about something that happened yesterday that will spawn this topic. If I don't get through, I can continue next time. But we are living in some crazy days of deception. I um, uh, yesterday morning, uh, I usually get up. I I get up early and uh, you know pour a cup of coffee, read my Bible, and read some books, and take notes and such. And then I have a season of prayer. And uh, unusually, yesterday, sometimes when you pray, you feel nothing, right? And you just do it by faith, and you know you just feel like quote unquote you're going through the motions, which you're not. But you know it just means your feelings, for whatever reason, aren't engaged. And sometimes God does that on purpose. Let me say in your prayer life, just so you won't be uh, content to live by feelings, that you'll live by faith, and you'll hone into Him. And you know it, perhaps it even causes you to to uh, edge into Him a little more if you don't feel anything. Anyway. I had, I just started praying. Literally, I you know, and I have this certain chair I pray at, and I kneel down at the chair, and I put my head in my hands and begin to pray, and I begin to pray in the spirit. And the moment I begin to pray in the spirit, my uh, the Holy Spirit came upon me, and uh, for a good long time now, uh, different kinds of tongues with interpretation of tongues, which is two of the spiritual gifts listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 8 through 10. Uh, that came upon me, and you can tell when, if you're praying in the Spirit, you're a person, you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. According to Acts chapter 2, verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to pray in the Spirit. I do every single day. So I was had kneeled down and started praying in the Spirit. But but what I usually said, you can usually tell what that prayer language sounds like. This completely changed. 
And when it changed, as I prayed in the Spirit, words came to up from inside of me, and I always keep a phone right by where I pray, and on my phone I have a place for recordings, and I keep it ready in, in the event the Holy Spirit speaks, and yesterday He did. And I just typed this out, and here's what He said to me. Uh, in interpretation of what I was praying in other tongues. Here it is. For in the time to come, the lines will be blurred between darkness and light. Those walking in darkness will be doing things that make them look as though they're walking in light. And those walking in light will be doing things that make it seem as though they're walking in darkness. It will take a discerning heart that comes from me. It will take the Spirit of God Uh, from the Most High to discern between the two. So don't judge with outward judgment. Allow the Spirit of God to work deeply and allow Him to bring discernment and pray that you would be able and worthy to overcome the things that are coming for the powers of heaven will be shaken in the days to come. Now that was, again, the interpretation of what I had prayed out when I just said that, so God was trying to warn me in my prayer life, and perhaps as I continue to pray in the Spirit, I was praying about the deceptions that are coming on the world. And um, as I began to think about this, listen to the Scriptures and what the Bible says about deception. Friends, don't take everything at face value. We're to judge with righteous judgment. So again, we need to have a discerning heart when it comes to information that we're hearing. Let me say this, and I've said this for years. Listen, if you come to Victory Church and I'm preaching something, make sure you find it in the Bible and make sure I'm not taking a a scripture out of context or out of its setting and making it say something God never intended for it to say. So again, have a discerning heart. Anything that we preach and teach from scripture uh, should be able to um, be backed up by the word of God. In fact, the apostle Paul said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be be established. So you just don't take an isolated text and make it say something that's not in congruence with the rest of scripture. But again, if it's from, if it's of the spirit of God, it, it deserves testing and you test it by the word. So make sure when I'm preaching or wherever you attend church, make sure or whatever you're listening to, whether it's a podcast or a YouTube video, whatever, you're listening to someone ministering, make sure it lines up with what the Bible says. It's more important than ever today. Listen to what the uh, prophet Isaiah said, uh, my goodness, uh, 2,500 years ago uh, in Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So he said there's coming a day. There's the Isaiah the prophet prophesying of the inspiration of the Spirit. He, there would be a day that people call, that, that um, people would call evil good and good evil. Isn't that not what's happening today? Who put darkness for light and light for darkness? Is that not happening today? Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter? See, it's all tangled up and messed up and mixed up. And that's the day that we're living in. So, you know, it's a strange time. This is a real time to... Talk to our children, talk to our families about the things of God, and be bold. Be lovingly firm and lovingly bold about the things that you believe, because we need to really hone in on what the Bible says and and and, and, and make sure that things we hear we are hearing are scriptural. It's really, really important. Notice again when the disciples asked Jesus what would be the signs of the 
time of his return. And the first thing he said in Matthew 24, 4, is take heed that no one deceives you. And then let me also mention 1 Timothy chapter 4. I know I'm going fast. I have a lot to say. I'll slow down. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. I get excited. Passion Translation says this, the Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed at the end of this age, many, now notice he didn't say a few, said many will depart from the true faith one after another, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Hypocritical liars will deceive many and their consciences won't bother them at all. Wow. Now, see, that's so insightful. That's the day that we're living in today, my friends. And um, he, he, he mentions spirits of deception. Demon spirits will make, make darkness look right and wrong appear to be truth. You've just got to be aware of that. So though we're living in that time right now, and it takes a discerning heart. 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men, Paul, Paul said, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse deceiving and then being deceived. See the warnings from Scripture about what I just said? And then John 8, 44, listen to what Jesus said to some of the most religious people of his day. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Anybody involved in deception is involved in demon spirits. Satan is the quote-unquote father of lying. So if you use lying and deception as a way to make a point or get your way, you're being dominated by devils and demons. That's what the Bible says. I know that sounds very raw, but that's what the and that's what Jesus said. Revelation chapter twenty-one verse eight uh, mentions Jesus said this: "But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, wow, shall have their part." In the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So, you know, what's that saying? What does Jesus say? Steer clear of all these things. Steer clear of deception. Steer clear of lying because your world will heat up for eternity if you don't. That's what he's saying. So, again, we're living in a day right now that, that a false reality is being created by those who uh, control the public narrative, the airwaves. So that we need to listen carefully. So... I've said some of these things uh, many times in the future, uh, in the past, but it bears repeating in our future. If all you listen to, listen. So, so on the, you know, let me just make some general comments. I've made these before, but they need to be repeated. If all you listen to uh, is the main out media outlets and their opinions, listen to what I'm saying. Then you're most probably a deceived person. There is deception on a wide scale, the likes of which I have never seen in my lifetime. And I was born in 1958. I've never seen what I see today. Propaganda is everywhere. And again, I've said this before, but bears repeating when I was a little boy, you know, the Cold War is at, was at a forefront. The Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, with uh, Russia, they want to put their nuclear uh, missiles in Cuba and uh, 
and uh, John Kennedy, our president, said no way it was going to happen. And boy, I mean, the world was uh, uh, on its tiptoes for a while, wondering what's going to happen. And uh, but my, I would hear adults. I was a child, but I would hear adults talking about propaganda, and I didn't understand the term propaganda. But they would say, "Well, Russian television, then their news is full of propaganda." Now, that means they were saying things that were not true. They were seeking to influence and sway the minds of the populace there in uh, in the Soviet Union at the time. Well, here we're doing the same things happening now, you know, on, on a, in a broad way when you think about media and the things that we hear as news is being broadcast. You know, that's just one segment of the deception that is pervasive right now in our culture. We're living in a day right now that a false reality is being created. Okay, so so we got to be really uh, careful about it. So you know, an example. I don't want to belabor the point, but an example would be, for instance, several years ago when COVID nineteen came about. COVID nineteen was was delusion and false reality that was permeating the world through a false narrative that was being spoken over and over again. Now, years later, we're finding out that the things that were touted as facts were absolutely not true. And uh, nobody wants to talk about it in the public media today, but there's a lot of outlets talking about it and finding out that a lot of the information was misinformation and that it was actually in a deception. So again, what happened? Well, uh, media outlets, they bombarded people with the same information over and over and over and over again, getting throwing people into a tantrum and a tizzy and, and, and in a complete fear mindset. And really, when you hear something over and over and over and over again, you know, it's brainwashing. If it's not true, you can convince somebody that something that isn't true is true by just simply repeating it over and over and over and over. And this is what those that are dealing with mind control do. They take something that's not true and they just say it, repeat it repetitiously over and over and over and over and over. Everywhere you go, you hear the same thing. That's why we need to have a discerning heart today. So again, uh, corona was just an example of that. And um, and I, uh, right, I just don't want to get into the weeds of that except to say that's a, an excellent example of, uh, of, of the deceptions that we're dealing with today. And see, I, let me say this again, I, uh, I counteracted all of that. I was praying in the Spirit. The weekend before, the Friday, bef- Friday morning before, our state shut down, for instance, with COVID, and I've said this many times, um, and I was praying in the Spirit the next morning, and um, and the Lord spoke to me one word and when it, when it came to COVID-19, and it was the word nefarious. And you know what? That, that amply and exactly described what uh, COVID-19 was as our nation and the world dealt with that. So again, that helped me understand that there was a diabolical situation occurring where demon spirits are seeking to control the minds of people. And my friends, we're living in a time of tremendous deception. And that's what the Lord, as I was praying yesterday, was was trying to remind me of and mention to me. Listen to Daniel Webster's 1828 definition of deceive. Uh, uh, He says, to deceive is... Number one, to mislead the mind, to cause to err, to cause to believe what is false or disbelieve what is true, to impose on, to delude, 
Second definition is to beguile, to cheat. Number three, this is again to deceive, to cut off from expectation, to frustrate or disappoint as his hopes were deceived. Okay. Uh, number four, fourth definition of to deceive is to take from, to rob. So again, we've got a lot of deception going on. A neighbor to deception and a cousin to deception is delusion. And delusion, listen to what the definition of delusion is. Delusion is an erroneous belief that is held in the face of evidence to the contrary. Wow. A false belief that is resistant to confrontation with actual facts. A delusion is a belief held with strong conviction that despite superior evidence to the contrary. So a delusional person knows the facts but they choose to believe something that's not factual instead. Friends, that's happening on a wide scale in so many avenues of life right now. And, and I just, I'm not taking time to talk about it in detail because it, it, affects, uh, it affects every level of culture. It affects what, what is being taught in our school system, in our colleges, our universities. It affects, uh, it affects the financial realm. It affects the political realm. And it even affects the spiritual lives of people. And I was, in fact, um, I was so shocked. Um, the other day I saw, a, I saw a podcast that was talking about certain things. And here was a video of, um, of, um, of, of people who were LGBTQ and they were worshiping the Lord and thanking God that they were able to be both homosexual and lesbian and Christian at the same time as practicing homosexuals and practicing lesbians. So, you know, let me, let me counter what I just said by saying, I deeply love everybody, everybody. Uh, God, for God so loved the world, that should be our vantage point, right? I love everybody. And God loves us, but he doesn't love everything we do. Man, you got to differentiate the two. And so God loves the LGBT community, and he loves the people involved in that. However, when Jesus Christ comes into your life, the first thing he does is speaks truth to us. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. He gives us, he shows us the way. He imparts his truth, and that truth brings to us the life of God. And in the life of God is honesty, is integrity, and is also purity. God is holy. I know the Bible says God is love, but God is also holy and pure. He's set apart from all of creation. And things that are impure will never find their way into heaven. And we're being deluded and deceived in American culture today by saying that anything goes, any lifestyle is okay. You can be a believer and, and practice sin without any remorse about it, and you're okay. It's not saying that we as believers are perfect, but listen, if you know Jesus and you go the wrong direction, the Holy Spirit should bring conviction. If not, then we have a hardened heart and we're not listening to him. And deception and a hard heart go hand in hand. When I make a choice as a believer to defy my conscience and to do what the Bible expects, Explicitly says is wrong, then I open myself wide open to decept deceptive spirits and doctrines of demons. And that's what's happening today. I'm, I'm going to stop right there because I got so much more to say 
Um, and, 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 and I don't want to go real long here, but listen to me. Today is a day. Keep your conscience clean. Paul said in, in the book of Acts, I, 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 I seek to have a, a, a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. He, he wanted a clear conscience. And he talks in his epistles to the churches about having a clean, clear conscience. The moment we violate conscience, we sin. The Bible says to him that knows to do good and does not do it to him, it's sin. See, and here's what, what we get. There's so many permissions today to do things that we should not do, and the Bible forbids us doing. Many believers go ahead and do them anyway. Here's the challenge. If I, if I violate my conscience and do what I know I shouldn't be doing, there's an element of hardness that comes with that disobedience. Do you hear what I just said? There's an element of hardness that comes, conscience hardness that comes when I, when I choose to do what I know should not be done. And, and the only way that you counteract the callousness of heart that comes with disobedience is repentance. The moment you do something or say something that should not be done or said, and you know that, that it's sin, again, to him that knows to do good, James, James 4, 17, and does not do it, to him it's sin. The moment that kind of thing happens, that's the moment I should say, God, I judge myself. 1 Corinthians 11, it was what, 30, 31, said, if we judge ourselves, we'll not be judged. When we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. So we, as believers, we, what do we do? We practice self-judgment. How do you do that? The moment you do wrong, confess it. Don't let it remain in your life. Confess it. So, so I've said this so many times. So, so if you're a a heterosexual, and and the sex drive rises up, and 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 you know you want to sin. You say I'm, I resist that in Jesus' name. If you're a homosexual and those desires rise up, you resist that in Jesus' name. A lesbian, same way. If you have a tendency towards anger and and giving a person a barrage of words because you're angry and you want to control the situation and make your point known, well, you know if that's if if you just have that have that habit of doing that, you got to say no to it. Or if you're a self-centered person and you're constantly making yourself the center of attention and the Holy Spirit saying you need to stop doing that, or there's an element of pride in your life and you've got to be seen and heard and known and you got to have the last word. See, those are the things that the Holy Spirit will begin to deal with us about. And when we do things we know we're wrong and we don't, con we don't allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we don't repent, that's when hardness comes. And a hard heart is a, a seedbed for deception. Let me say it again. A hard heart is a seedbed for deception. So, so you want to make sure that your heart is not a seedbed for deception. Hear me? That's really, really important. I'm going to close today. I'm going to read again the word that the Holy Spirit gave me in my prayer life. And I want to uh, encourage you to consider it and pray and say, God, is there any line of deception in me? Is there anything I'm saying or doing that I need to steer clear of? Is there any hardness in my heart that could lead me to be a person who would one day be uh, deceived and let the Lord deal with you. Here it is again. This is the interpretation of what I prayed in, in the spirit or in other tongues um, uh, yesterday and that would have uh, it, 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 and about 7.15 in the morning. Here it is for the time to come the lines will be blurred between darkness and light. Those walking in darkness will be doing things that make them look as though they're walking in the light. 
And those walking in light will be doing things that make, that make it seem as though they're walking in darkness. It will take a discerning heart that comes from me. It will take the Spirit of God from the Most High to discern between the two. So don't judge with the outward judgment. Allow the Spirit of God to work deeply and allow Him to bring discernment and pray that you would be a, uh, able and worthy to overcome the things that are coming for the powers of heaven will be shaken in the days to come. When it says the powers of heaven, you know, there's also the principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in high places. They, they exist as a cloud canopy, as it were, of evil around the world to try to deceive the whole world about who God is and being the creator, the sustainer and uh, of all things. And, uh, and so it's going to be shaken. That, that whole canopy of darkness is going to be shaken one day. That's one thing that, that it may refer to when the scripture says, for the powers of the heavens, Jesus said, would be shaken. Well, that's, that's part of that. Demon spirits are going to shake and tremble in Jesus' name. My friends, we're living in an amazing day. God wants to bring light and he wants to bring his truth uh, to the human heart. He wants people to come to Jesus and be set free. And he wants to use us. We can't be used, however, if we're walking in deception and that deception is leading us into darkness. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give all of us, all of us, me and all of us, a heart of obedience, a heart to understand you, a heart to know you, a heart to obey you, and a heart to allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction of sin. Lord, uh, steer us clear of deception in Jesus' name. Let us be those that walk in the light as he is in the light. And Lord, let us have nothing to do with the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather, as Ephesians 5 says, reprove them. Lord, let there be a spirit of holiness that comes upon us. Let there be a spirit of, uh, of love for Jesus that just descends upon us. And we want you, Lord, more than anything else in life. I pray for every person listening that there would be a, a deep sense of reverence for God that comes upon each one of us and remains throughout our day in Jesus' name. We'll talk more about this the next time. God bless you, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church weekly podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.